Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to the Gym and Tonic podcast with myself, Stephen Geddes. We cover all topics, health, fitness, and wellness related. We talk to special guests and industry leaders and get them to share their stories and experiences along with sharing our own journey and thoughts of this industry. Most importantly, we love what we do and we invite you to share your thoughts on our social media platforms. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Okay guys, so I'm absolutely delighted to welcome today's best uh, today's guest Pat Falvey. Pat is an adventurer, a polar explorer. He's an author, a motivational speaker, and he's got a really, really interesting story. Pat was the first Irish person to ever summit, uh, to ever complete the seven summits, and the first person to ever complete the seven summits twice. So very acclaimed, as I said, a highly acclaimed author, a fantastic person, and a really great story. So I'm going to add Pat in now. Hello, Pat. <laughs> Hi, Ben. Hi, I. How are you? We got there. How are you? How's things? All the way from the kingdom, as the man said. The kingdom of heaven now at this stage. <laughs> it's great to see you. You're looking well. It's great to see you. And the same as yourself. Yeah. Just <laughs> now for a while. Yeah, it has. It's been a long, it's been a long six weeks. It has indeed. It has. So um, let's, let's get straight into it. Thank you so much for jumping on board with me today. I've done a little bit of an intro there and explained to anyone that doesn't know who you are. I'm sure everybody does. You've got a really interesting story. You've written books. You've directed. You, you, you've climbed Everest. You've done the Seven Summits. A really storied career. So where did it all start, Pat? And uh, let's go from there. Well, I suppose I was 15 years of age and uh, my father went broke and I decided that uh, I'd leave school so that I would never be poor again. And uh, my dream at the time was to become a millionaire. So I was a bricklayer. But everybody at the same time said, who the f and well hell do you think you are to have such dreams and things like that coming from a council house on the north side of Cork City? So I have a great saying, like, you know, and that is, it's not my concern for what anyone else thinks, right? In other words, so I just ignored them and continued. And that's probably where it started, but like that confidence and it's all about mindset. Like people often talk to me about how is it that, you know, a bricklayer that lived in a council house overlooking Cork City in a small box room had such dreams. And uh, it mainly goes back to the same as everybody, you know, mentors. And I'm a solid believer in mentors and people having your back. And my first mentor was my grandmother, Mary B. O'Callan. And uh, I had my first business, believe it or not, at six when she brought me a pram and I went around collecting secondhand clothes uh, from, you know, the poorer people in Cork City. I bring them down to the Coal Cay in Cork, which was a trading centre for that we went to. And uh, I collected the clothes and it was my first collaboration that I had with my grandmother and she gave me 20 percent. So by the time I was 12 in 1969, she had put 750 pounds in the bank for me. And uh, I suppose the thing with that, I didn't even realize what that meant. I had no interest in school. I was really, really bad. And uh, one day I was going down to Cole Cay with my pram full of clothes. And uh, these Americans stopped me and they said, can we get our picture taken? You know, like, can we take your picture, the poor child with the pram? And I said, okay. And I, I, I never forget it. I put out my hand and I got sixpence. And believe it or not, that was my uh, break into the career of modeling. And since then, I've been sponsored down to my underpants by gear companies. So <laughs> what they, was very profound. They, you know, they were looking at me and they were saying, and I, I was taking this in, and they were saying, you know, uh, these poor Irish children are far happier than our American children. And I said, you know, I was thinking to myself, what, what is he talking about? And I would talk to my grandmother, I'm feeling the fact like, you know, that we should be poor or we're seen as poor. I said to my grandmother, who um, was a carter, and I said, Nana, we better off poor. But I'll never forget, and I know a lot around Ireland, we have the situation where um, people in that, in that regard, like you would have had pictures in the house. So she dragged me down and put me up to the Sacred Heart, the Pope, uh, Eamon de Valera, and the top one was uh, um, oh, John F. Kennedy. And she told me at that stage, she said, see that guy up there, you're as powerful as him. So I didn't actually, 
you know, say no to her, right, okay? But it was in my head, like, that I could do anything I wanted to do. But she gave me that. And she gave me the thing of believing in yourself. And she also gave me the belief, you know, and I've written a book called You Have the Power, which, uh, you know, like, is amazing book, like, that sells worldwide. So every morning I would have got up, like, you know, I would always say, I believe, like, no matter what I'm doing, I can do it. And the other thing is I'd always look at myself straight in the eye like this in the mirror and say, I have the power. And that's where the whole thing took off. But, you know, my, what I am is I'm a bricklayer. That, and I still see that. Uh, I've never went away from that. And all the other accolades are just the follow one in relation to following a dream. Brilliant. I think that belief is what people are often lacking in and the belief in yourself, because if you don't have the belief in yourself, n nobody else is going to. And you will, you will often come across so many, you'll come across so much negativity from the outside of people that, you know, maybe don't support you or don't necessarily know you, for, obviously. But if you don't have that initial belief in yourself, it's very hard to get where you really want to get to. Um, you've obviously had, your, your grandmother was obviously a very influential figure in your life. You've been very entrepreneurial, as we can see from the, from the very, from the get-go, um, since you could crawl. Where did that come from? Was that instilled in you as well? Was that from your grandmother? Or was that, like, was that all around you? Or, or, or how did you, I, I suppose, come to, to get this entrepreneurial spirit that you're obviously... Well, I suppose, yeah, like it's grown in mentoring. Like, and I, I think it's um, from my parents and my grandmother, uh, which had a very uh, influential effect on me to be able to believe in anything that I did. And I try to say that to people, like, you know, people say to me, you know, like, how is it we can do things better? It's all about mindset. And it's also about putting a team around yourself that, you know, not alone uh, you believing in yourself, but they believe you too. And then to ignore all the naysayers. There's a great saying about, um, it is not for the weak man to put the strong man down, for they have never got into the arena to fight blood, sweat and tears to make their dreams a reality. And I learned that very early because, you know, a lot of the times when you have dreams, people try to, um, you know, put them down. It's not that they mean to, like, but they just feel like, you know, it's like our subconscious and their subconscious saying, this can't be done. So in my case, I never actually had that kind of mindset where, you know, I had any doubt in myself. Now I've had as many failures as I've had successes. And I also learned that it's in the failures is the learning as indistinct, like, you know, of just going on a straight road to any summit. It's, it's about being the apprentice. And I learned well from being an apprentice uh, bricklayer that you start being uh, an apprentice, then you become the master. But most importantly for most people is you then become the mentor, you know? And I think, you know, if we go through life, actually, you know, helping other people to achieve their dreams, goals and aspirations, right? That gives us a far better life as in distinct of, you know, not using our talents um, to move other people forward. So, you know, I, I, I'm so delighted, like I have people all around the world now that I mentor in business, uh, but may, like a lot of it is in personal development and also in the mountaineering. Like we've had some of the best mountaineers in the world trained from here, uh, going out and doing stuff that people would have said themselves are impossible. You know, mm -hmm. we have people at the moment, like, you know, uh, that are doing the seven summits. We have people that are trying to go to space. Um, we have people trying to cross Antarctica, across the Arctic. So I get a great buzz out of that because it means all the knowledge I gained. I don't have to, like, I, I, I can pass it on. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And do you, you, you mentioned failures and setbacks there. Do you think, like, the failures and setbacks is what strengthened your resolve? and sort of got you to, to, the, to where you are now and, and I suppose helped you achieve like a lot of the great things that you have achieved. Like you said, you've even now become a mentor to a lot of these people that are trying to achieve and, and do polar expeditions and, and people that are maybe doing the seven summits now. Like, like that's really, you, you've come such a long way. You have said that those setbacks and failures have played a part in that as well. Do you think they're, they're an integral part? Do you think they've really helped reinforce you and, and strengthening that resolve? Well, without failure, and I call it failure, like, you know, in the sense of it's when something doesn't occur, right? Uh, yeah. that you're, uh, I treat them as the learning processes, right? And yeah. uh, 
after I tried to take my own life through suicide when I was about 29, after my business failed, uh, my mother gave me a great quote, and it's about failure and success. And, uh, it, it goes like this, and I know everybody out there, right, okay, at one stage or another has been through, you know, been down and depressed and things like that, but it's about not quitting. And that's the one thing I learned, no matter what you're doing, don't quit. And this is kind of the, the bones of it. When times go tough, as you sometimes will, and the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when funds are low and debts are high, it's then you must not quit. Success is failure turned inside out with a silver tint of cloud of doubt. You can never tell how close it is. It may seem far, but be so near. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit, because when times go tough, that you must not quit. And I've used that like over and over and over and over again. And in 2003, like in 1993, I failed getting to the summit of Everest just one day from the summit. And yeah. I went back out there in 1995. I had to bury one of my friends, an, an American astronaut there. So I came back off the summit. And in 2003, I nearly died myself just one hour from the summit and I decided to turn. And I went back the following year and myself and Claire O'Leary got to the summit of Everest. In actual fact, it's the anniversary today, the 17th of May, <laughs> or the 18th of May, 2004. And that was really hit the, a slitter off the top. If anyone wants to go into my feed, they'll see me doing that. But sadly, that day, 20 had reached the summit, and on the way down, four died. You know, But that was to do with complacency, and it always had to do with the fact that most people see the summit as up there, or in business, or in life, or in training. And they don't see, you know, that it's holding on to it or getting back down like is where the actual success lies. So in yeah. that case, four had died. But throughout my career, in the extreme stuff, over 50 climbers I've climbed would have given their life back to the mountains. Yeah. And how do you deal with that, like with, with, with that loss yourself? Like it, it must be difficult, especially on an expedition you know, people that are with you or that you will have met along the way and then that you hear that, you know, maybe they've passed away or they've just not been successful in their attempt and, and it's very unfortunate. How do you deal with that? Has that ever gotten to you? Is that something that you've, you've sort of just learned to, to sort of just overcome again with, with a strong mindset? Like how, how, do you, how do you approach those situations? Well, I suppose like having friends like pass away on the mountains, like we're in there, we, we know we're in the dead zones, we know we're actually at the extremes. Now, let me say that that's at the extreme, like I have, we have thousands and thousands of people yeah. in expeditions, but at the extreme, it's an acceptable Like if you take it that you're going to Everest, when I started on Everest, first one and four would die. And I remember I wasn't going to go because my father said I was going to die. And then other people said, you're going to die. And... Uh, so when I looked into it, I was going to back out. And then all of a sudden I felt, well, trees succeeded. So I looked into all of the strategies where they used all the places the people died. And I went, and if I didn't go that time and not conquer my fears, and conquering your fears is very important, but it's not to be foolhardy. Like people say, are you afraid? Just I am afraid because I have so many people have died, you know, that I know. But, you know, how does it affect? I think first and foremost, you have to accept the risks and people will die. It's not that easy when they do die because of the fact that, especially if you know them, it affects you more. And I think the, the biggest um, effect that I, I had on me was in 2008, where two of my very close uh, people that I had mentored and, and friended and that were part of my team and that were amazing climbers, right? Jerry MacDonald uh, from Limerick and Rolf Bay, they both died on K2. And after that, like, you know, I, I nearly lost my head. And I was going to give up because of the fact that I felt, did I actually attract them in? Um, and, you know, if I didn't, would I not have lost their life? But later, like, they were following their dream. And, you know, it, no matter what I was going to do, they were going to find someone that would have helped them to do this. So, yeah, and I, I think in whole, what you do is you accept the risks. And anyone that's gone out there, like, I hear all this crap, like, about people going to Everest and they're dying and stuff like that, you know, and then people are up in arms in, in relation to uh, what has happened, but they have made the decision. They know the risks. And if they die, you know what I mean? 
it, like it, 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 it's a factor of the risk. But mostly what happens in most cases is it's a human error. Some people yeah. aren't good enough. They're not self-sufficient. When something goes wrong, then, you know, they will die. Outside the fact, like, you know, that the mindset for a lot of people is like what we call summit fever getting to the top. And when you're in the death zone, you're like a drunkard. And sometimes you can go to the top where in actual fact, your mindset should always be getting back down. And if you have that and not be complacent and train, like I'm lucky enough, and, I, and like I've been near death a few times, um, but I'm still here. I'm now in my 60s. I have the privilege now like of stepping back. As my son said to me, he said, Dad, like you have nothing to prove to anyone anymore. And I never had anything to prove to anyone, only myself. And that's a very important aspect in uh, moving forward. You've had, and it's, it's great that you mentioned Everest. Obviously, there, there's so many other fantastic mountains you've done, and K2 you mentioned there as well. Was, like, like for all the, I suppose, for all the negativity, and, and, and there's been a lot of loss, and, and a lot, you know, that there, getting to the summit, that must have been, for you, an incredible achievement. It would, would, would you say it's your crowning achievement, or is it up there with them, or... Or what would you what would you deem your greatest success to date? Well, I suppose the big thing was actually when you succeed on something, there's always a what's next, right? Yeah. So, Everest was my crowning pin. In fact, it wasn't. My first one is that when I climbed Karen Tool, the banks were taking us to court, and I got to the summit of Karen Tool. My second time on the hill, there was some tragedy on the mountain a couple of weeks beforehand, and I never forget the fact the fear I had of climbing Karen Tool. And when I got to the top, I was so excited. I said, yes, I'm going to climb Mount Everest. But what it did teach me was that when you tackle your fears and you move forward, you can achieve a lot of stuff that's really enjoyable. So for me, my first Everest was Karen too. But yeah. then with goal to climb Everest, I went on like to the Alps. I went on to all around the world, climbing and fulfilling other dreams, smaller dreams, but they were still huge dreams. Uh, and it was always what's next. And eventually I got to Everest. And that as a metaphor always stands in my mind. And what I've been known for like is my lectures all around the world on the mentality of we all have an Everest. And I use it and I'm very privileged to say that I can use Everest or the South Pole like, you know, as the metaphors for people's successes. Yeah, so, it's great. Very interesting that you said there about you being fearful of Karen Tuchel initially because I know when people look at the likes of yourself and these other great explorers and adventures and people that have achieved or you know reached the excuse the pun but the summit of, of, of success that they see that little bit at the top but they don't see all the other work and the years of effort and work in the mindset and and you know I suppose the different failures and things that you will have come up against and got past and those obstacles but like to say you went from, you know, being fearful of Karen Tuchel to conquering Everest among so many other peaks around the world. There's a lot of lessons there. Um, and I think like you've mentioned, obviously, your mindset books and things like that. And you, you have plenty of writings there that it is it is about sort of, I suppose, just just pushing your limits a little bit and maybe your belief systems to challenge yourself. And because when you start to realize that okay jesus i did that and maybe it wasn't with relative ease but i was able to do it what else am i capable of and just like you're saying there you're what next yeah well i think the big problem my my father always said dream and dream big but remember it's in the following of the dreams where the success lies yeah. so like to me it's all about the fact that a lot of people they dream too small yeah. and they achieve and then they're you know like it's what's next but whereas i, I suppose i learned always about how the big dreams and to follow them through. And it was a series of successes all the way along. And eventually when I got to the top of Everest, it was what's next. I never forget the time I came off my first Everest in 93, 95, with James Allen and he was coming down and we had Mike Smith with us who like nearly died on that occasion. And I remember we, we just got him below the, the third step and it was like, he was saying, I'm Pat now, like, and your mom was dying and he was saying, what do you think, what's next? Like, what should we do next? And um, so I do believe like that our Everest keeps changing. You know, like people say to me, you know, after all I've done both in business, in the speaking world, all around the world, in like the filmmaking, in like I was illiterate till I was 30, I have seven books written now. 
uh, and I still feel like I'm a bricklayer. But the, the whole thing about it is always about having a what's next. And the thing with it is you can change to anything. For me, I, I, I tell people, they say, what's next for me now? And it's like to become the best grandfather that I can be. And that's freaking hard, like, you know, to be the best grandfather that I can be is harder than climbing Mount Everest because the simple fact about it, I probably wasn't a great husband. I wasn't a great father. And, uh, you know, and as my son said to me, you know, when I came off the South Pole after we trekked 60 days, you know, in conditions down to minus 60 degrees Celsius, it was equivalent to 120 consecutive marathon. You know, we had to eat 9,600 calories a day. Uh, and he says to me, he said, when I came into Cork Airport, he said, Dad, like he said, you know, we're very proud of you, but you know what you missed. And a really wrong home to me when I was in my 50s. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you miss communions, you miss confirmations, you miss, you know, like some of your uncles and aunts dying. And he said, now you're going to have grandchildren, like he said. And uh, I think it would be good for you to change. So on that note, I did change. And like for anyone that's out there, and I'm not talking about climbing, I'm talking about anything. You know, anyone that's driven and anyone that's successful, I'll assure you, they'll pay a cost, right? The question is, is the cost too much? Now, hindsight, you would look back if I had more balance, I probably could have done better. But I got a verse, um, it's from Robert Service. If anyone heard of Robert Service, he was in the Klondike and in Alaska. But he talks about people that have dreams and that have goals and that are driven by their goals. And sometimes they can make mistakes, but it's like, there's a breed of men that don't fit in. A breed that can't keep still. So they break the heart of kit and kin and they roam the world at will. They range the field and they rove the flood and they climb the mountain's crest. For theirs is the curse of the gypsy's blood for they don't know when to rest. But anyway, the inverse of that, if anyone wants to get it, like it's either in like my books that if you ever want to get them, just get onto the website, pafalvi.com. But the inverse of that is very prolific. And... He, my son reminded me of it and it went like, if I had continued, I'd have ended up like this. He has failed, he has failed, he has missed his chance. He has only done things by half. Now life's been a jolly good joke in him and now it's time to laugh, Aha! He is one of the legions lost. He was never meant to win. He's a rolling stone and bred in the bone of the man that didn't fit in. So I decided I'd fit in. <laughs> Still have all these other dreams, goals, and aspirations. We hope to have, uh, um, we have it for every young club now, which is for 50 to 90 year old tribe of adventurers all around the world. We hope to grow that to about 2 million. Um, we have then the younger set, right, okay, in relation to you have the power. Um, so like there's lots and lots of stuff happening. Like, you know, and I, I like the start of the year, I was in Iceland, like what are you, <laughs> it was just a great year coming up. In the start of the year, I was in Iceland doing a project on um, volcanoes and the effect of global warming and how it's going to affect, you know, the oceans and uh, volcanoes. And in February, I headed off down to Africa with a team of people, about 20 people, and we were climbing Kilimanjaro. And then afterwards, we went down to the Serengeti, ballooning over the Serengeti, doing a project on wildlife. And then I headed off down to Zanzibar, and I was doing a seminar uh, on a tropical island. And then I got home and now I'm locked down for the year. You know, all of our, like, because I love being out with people. Like I'm a people person. I love people. I love their dreams. I do anything to help them out. And for me, my, my greatest kick is actually being with them now, like in some of their Everest's. It could be Kilimanjaro, Base Camp, Machu Picchu, Galapagos, you know, in the Antarctic. So it just uh, buzzes my wicket. Yeah, yeah. It, it, as you said, it, a fantastic start of the year. I was looking at your, um, obviously I follow you as well on Instagram and I was looking at some of your achievements towards the start of the year. And yeah, and then this gets, this all happens, which none of us could, could have foresaw. Um, obviously traveling is in your blood and you love to, and I, I was even chatting to you this morning when we were, when we were, um, when we were chatting on the phone, you were saying you were heading out onto the hills. You're, you're lucky to be right smack in the heart of the, the Kerry Mountains there. We're just outside. I think we're about 20k from Nathan. So that's usually my go-to. We head out to Nathan and we climb that uh, every couple of weeks. Uh, so it's killing me as well, not, not being able to get out there. But um, 
yeah, how, how, like, how are you dealing with all this? Because going, like, you're, you're a guy that's on the road quite a bit, as you mentioned there. Um, like, you, you, how have the, the restrictions really affected you, I suppose, mentally, physically? And, and what, what does life look for you over the next couple of months? What are you looking to do? Well, at the moment, like, I'm very, very busy. I'm writing a new book uh, on leadership. I have, I'm also doing one on uh, a small book of about 50 pages on high-altitude mountaineering and the effects that it can have on you. On top of that, I started, which is very funny, I started writing um, uh, a presentation on happiness. You know, in other words, like, uh, happiness is most important. It's, it's more, more important than money. And then, like, someone picked up on it, like, and, and I spoke to 250 people last week in uh, Asia uh, in the morning, 250 people in North America in the afternoon. And I did Ireland and England, 250 people, um, you know, on that Friday. And now I have, I'm doing something with the Web Summit, with their people, and Pharmapod. So that's something that came out of nowhere. And the fact that I can get back up the hill, like I, like I was up there this morning and uh, sometimes like I can sneak a little bit further because like the summit of Strakeen yeah. is on the back of the mountain, but the whole McKillicuddy rigs are beyond that and there's not a soul on it, right? Okay, so yeah, I can move a little bit further on and when the whole five kilometers or six kilometers, I can go right out and do the whole, most of the rigs. So yeah, and I'm enjoying it. And I think that's the most important thing. It's to, there's nothing you can do Right. So I have like, you know, in, in relation to people doing something, there's a thing here. I know you can see it, but it's about having the resilience. Right. Uh, it's 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 about, you know, taking the most out of it. So I'm going to I'm going to knock the most out of this to spend time here on my own um, in Kerry to take a chance to get out to the back and, and smell Smell the furs, as the man says. Like we can't smell the roses out here, but the furs are amazing. Um, you know, this morning I was amazed. Uh, we had loads of um, life on the mountain. There was about five hundred sheep. They're out of lockdown, and it was just amazing. All the spring lamb actually all fighting with each other and all happy. And life goes on. And look, since the evolution of our species, like we have, um, we've been changing. You know, like when we came out first, we were like this. And then we became Homo erectus and then we, or the brain developed. So there's never a time in history that hasn't been changing. So it's just a matter of accepting it. Yeah. Do you, so you're enjoying the solitude? You enjoy that solitude? Yeah, I enjoy actually uh, being at the Mountain Lodge. I enjoy being home. Um, I enjoy the fact now I'm catching up. Uh, like social media wasn't one like I like I was following separate to social media as I'm after taking an interest in as you can see I'm on now and I was asking you all the questions this morning about how do I do the Instagram thing because I used to have five million people following me in the old days uh, and I'm getting a great buzz out of getting the social media up and going you know yes. so every day you that are helping me to get out there on that social media I think that growth, that growth mindset that you obviously you show um, from building your business as a builder, from your your six year old self when you started off, that as I said, that entrepreneurial spirit. But that growth mindset, like sitting down, as you said, we spoke this morning. You were asking a couple of questions on on Instagram and things like that. I think that's so important to stay open minded and to be willing, especially at this moment in time with those restrictions in place, to sort of open up your mind a little bit to maybe taking in some more information and maybe taking up a new course or looking online. There's a lot of things that we can do at the minute. With the and, and a lot of them are for nothing. Oh, yeah. Like I, uh, a, a, a wealth-making course. I've signed up to, you know, doing webinars, you know. And I honestly believe I, I'm so excited about where the future is going. Yeah. You know? Now, at the same time, I must say, I'm very concerned about the people that this is affecting. It's affecting their mindset, like their, 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 like their, their mental health. It's affecting... You know, it's going to affect a lot of people at work. It's, it, it, there's going to be a huge influx of uh, stress-related uh, anxiety, illnesses once we're out of this. Because what people don't realize is it's not that, like the world is changing anyway. But 
you know, this, the knock-on effects of this is going to take about six months to 12 months to be really, um, you know, come true. In other words, like say, all the businesses that, you know, won't be able to cope with the restrictions that's now going to be put on them financially. Do you know what I mean? It's just not viable. All, a lot of those businesses are going to go broke. So what we have to do, like, you know, is we have to accept the fact that if this happens, that not to leave it affect our, our, our mindset, our, our mind, our, what's going to happen in a lot of cases, like happened to me when I tried to take my own life when I was 29, when I lost my business, is I went into what we call self-esteem depression. I wasn't clinically, but they were treating me for clinical depression, right? There is a way out. And you know the way out as well as I know the way out. It's about the training. It's about going to the gym. It's about en enacting those endorphins, right, okay, that fires you up, right, okay, that keeps you calm, uh, get the oxytocin level. Like, I've spent 20 years, 20, 30 years now. Jesus, man, I'm getting old. I spent 20 years studying the... You know, like I've lived with 32 tribes trying to find out what it is that has driven man since the evolution of the species. Like this is a, a kind of a side thing I do. Like I've been with the Stone Age tribes in West Papua New Guinea, the Maasai, the Chaga, the Bantus, the Aborigines, uh, the Sherpa, the Rai. All, all the time trying to find out like what it is that drives people in relation to what they're doing. And... Uh, I, I, I think we're all the same like in this. So it's very, very important for people to feel, you know, that no matter what's going to happen, no matter what's going to happen to your businesses or to yourself, the thing with it is the most important thing is to stay healthy and fit and believe in yourself. I have a couple of slides there if you want to see them of, of some of the points I would make in relation oh. to, you know, the, what, one of the things at this stage is what's most important is like for people to believe in themselves and to have faith. Believing in yourself and having faith is indeed very, very important. Um, and if you do that, that will help you a big bit of the way. The other thing is that what's now happening with people is there's huge fears. Some of them are psychological. In other words, a lot of fears that exist in our head does never occur. So the thing with that, right, okay, that we be teaching our people here is face your fears. If you face your fears, for instance, in other words, my fear is I would have died on Everest. My fear is I would have gone broke, which I did a couple of times, right? But there is a way around that, right, okay, if you face up to them and tackle them. If something is going to happen, it's going to happen. There's nothing we can do about COVID. So we just better face the fears of what's happening. I've seen COVID. We're in lockdown. We might as well smile. Because if you're going to cry, no one will give a crap anyway. So, like, face the fears. Like, we are going to get out of this. This is not Armageddon. We're not. The world isn't over, right? We're going to continue. Yeah. Most importantly, like, is look after your mental health. So many people don't do that. So, if you can actually look after your mental health. And, again, like, that has to do with seeing the positive side. Because, remember, our subconscious is always talking to our conscious mind. So the big thing is sometimes is to defeat the subconscious, right? Um, and actually, but most of all, to protect your, your, your mind. Uh, as I said, like about staying fit, this is a very important one. Just even if you're running up and down the stairs, sitting outside, just get outside and have a bit of air. You know, and the endorphins and the oxytocin and all of those things that calm us down. Uh, a, a lot of people like don't actually, you know, love themselves right? And there's a great saying, if you don't love yourself, how do you expect anyone else to love you? And it's also time like to spend time with family and to talk to family. People that, you know, like, for instance, myself, I'm finding a lot more time now, like, uh, talking to my kids and my grandchildren than I do, did if I was away. So the big thing with this is to take, um, you know, take the time to do that. One of the things that's most important as well is slow down and stay calm, you know, and breathe. Like if you look at my back here, like I have a lot of stuff, uh, like I, I, I'm into the Buddhist philosophy, but I'm also into meditation and into breathing. Breathe. You don't have to be going out to a gym. You don't have to be climbing a mountain. You can just breathe and actually relax. And on my website or on my um, social medias, there's a lot of ones there, like, you know, meditation stuff that you can do. 
Um, so I'd say like, you know, these are the main things, but you know, every single person has had all of those things in their life. There's not one person, you know, that I talk to like that hasn't been depressed or hasn't had anxiety or anything like that, except it, you know, that's life. Yeah. We've been that. But then like, what you've got to do is to have hope, you know, and uh, be optimistic about the future. So like, these are just some tips that I would be suggesting. And uh, again, like, you know, we have, like I have lots of different stuff on, but there's, if anyone wants to just click on, send me a message and I'll send out uh, seven tips of, you know, that I have for dealing in a crisis or, you know, the type of meditation, like I wonder, I am a mountain and you are a mountain, like, so. That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, and Annie, all of your books and things like that, I'll pop into the show notes on Spotify afterwards as well. So if anyone does want to purchase any of those, I'll throw links up there because you've so, you've so much life experience and, and as I said, with your talks and things like that, you've so much information to give. So it's, it's great you've, you've come on and I'm delighted about that. Um, one thing I'll touch on there, you said it, it, about the, the sort of, I suppose, working on yourself because I think that's important at the minute is to have some form of a strategy because just like you mentioned there, it's, it's okay, if, you know, you've heard with Mental Health Week and all, it's okay to not be okay. And, and we're all going to be at that some point, at that, that point at some stage over maybe now or in the next few weeks or maybe post-COVID. Um, so we need to be sort of prepared for that. And we can't control maybe what's happening outside of us, but we can definitely control our response to it. So if we can sort of build up a more resilience, just like your, uh, just like your, 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 your post there about resilience, a more resilient mindset and, and sort of maybe get out on the hills, maybe just do these breathing techniques, maybe start, you know, exercising outdoors or going for a jog or the gyms when they reopen, because they will really, all these little techniques and tools and things will help us to get through this. I do, William. And, and I think, like, the, like, basically, a lot of people are very anxious at the moment. It's okay. You yeah. know what I mean? Anxious. But, like, just remember, this is not the end. You know, like, I hear all these... I, I, I've actually decided to turn off a lot of social media, even though I'm, you know, on social media. Uh, I listen to the news now just once a day to find out exactly what's happening. I'm, I don't preoccupy yourself, like, with, with all of these things that are going on. You need to know what's happening. You need to deal with it. But remember every bit of negative news that you hear. And I just wish they could put an hour of good news on every day. Oh. There is good news. Like, you know, but they're never actually interested in good news. But if, if they did, they'd actually work the subconscious to the conscious mind to help people actually deal with these stresses. So try to find, like, try to come on stuff like this. Uh, as you know yourself, and I know that you're into, you know, personal development, you are the equivalent to the five people you hang around with or listen to, right? So, you know, if you have people telling you all the time, like what we're listening to on the news, it's all crap. It's, and, and they always find the negative because that's what, our, that, that's what us as a subconscious person wants to hear, you know, because that's, it, it, it feeds that. Whereas I, I'm, saying to, I'm saying to all, will you go away? Like, you know, just let me think and let me try to figure out this one. So, yeah, try to, try to keep that mindset positive and a lot of the time unless you're you have a very positive subconscious forget your subconscious yeah i'm delighted you touched on that because that's something i've been saying to a lot of my own clients at the minute is it might be difficult to maybe we're, we're all in i suppose with these restrictions i know they've, they've eased off a little bit today and they will in the weeks coming but for the last couple of weeks the majority of people have been in isolation by themselves or maybe with their partners but there's not been an awful lot of you know people around them so a lot of people have been consuming information by looking at the news and looking at a lot of this negativity and as you mentioned there you're just some of the five people around you so i've tried to encourage my clients to to maybe get on and like this listen to listen to positive podcasts or or read some like motivational books and again we said we mentioned you've got you've got a few out there and there's so much stuff that, like like the, like there's stuff that you can pay for but there's also free free information on on the internet and it's just a google with that positivity we start to consume it and that positivity is infectious and you know it starts to grow and um you know i i, I know from my own personal experiences in the last couple of weeks as i've started to to know you know get over the hump and you know of, of having to close my business for god knows how long you know when i started to get routines put in place like like 
you know, a little bit of training, like hitting my turbo trainer indoors, going outdoors a couple of minutes a day, logging on and looking, as I said, at, at, at some positive podcasts and listening to some books and things, that it really has started to grow when I've started to feel a lot better for it. Yeah, and I, I, I think that's, that is very, very important. Like, and if you do uh, start listening to good stuff and positive stuff, rather than all the negativity, it will definitely have a great effect on you. And the other thing is have dreams, have dreams. Like, don't forget your dreams. Like, you know, we can dream now and we can plan for later, right? Like we have all these people going with us around the world. <laughs> Would you credit it? We haven't, we haven't had uh, a cancellation as of yet. They keep on postponing it yeah. to the next time. Like all the people are doing now is waiting to get back. So dream and like dream whatever you want to do because you're only going to get one life. Do you know the average person is only going to live until they're 80? Like that's the stats. Like, you know, they're saying, oh, okay, we can live till we're 120, but there's going to be very few people going to do that. But most of the people we know will be dead by the time they're 80, of my age anyway. So 50% of everyone that I know will be dead by the time I'm 80. And it could be me. So I get up every morning and, I'd, and, and I think of that and I'd say, you know what, I'm going to make the most out of this life. And according to my Buddhist philosophy, that's what we were put on planet Earth to, to do, to be the best that we can be in any given time that we're living. So it doesn't matter whether you're 12, 14, 16, 20, 40, 60, 80. It's never, it's, it's never too late to start living. Yeah. And actually live your dreams because especially when you get to my age, there's, there's more time behind me than there is in front of me. So my father had a great saying, he said, when you're in your 40s, every month counts. When you're in your 50s, every week counts. When you get into your 70s, every day counts. And he's now in his 80s, late 80s. And he said, now I'm in my 80s. I'm making every fucking minute count. <laughs> but like the whole thing about make the most out of your life, if it's a case you can. And, and the other thing is that I found like after I try to take my own life to suicide is I ask for help. Don't, if you're, if you're in an anxious position, don't keep it to yourself. You know, talk and get the help. And, you know, even as we are speaking, like, we should all be trying to plan who has our back. Yeah, yeah. Who has your back, mm -hmm. you know? And if you don't have anybody, like, it's a really lonely place to be. And even though, like, you know, I can be up here on my own on top of a, uh, on the side of the McKillicuddy Reefs, right? I have lots of people that ring me up, you know, that have my back saying, are you okay? Are we ready to get back? So I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, that's, that's it's, it's it re some really good advice there. Yeah. Um, what's go goal-wise for yourself, Pat? So there's been, you, you've always sort of strived to nearly outdo yourself. You've had that, what, what's next? A couple of years ago, you gave up the high, high, the high altitude mountaineering or, or bringing people up Everest and things like that. So, how, how was it making that decision? And, and you, you mentioned maybe being a grandfather now, that that's one of your priorities now. What are your goals going forward? What are you hoping that the next couple of years that you may achieve in those few years? Well, my legacy, like I'm hoping like that what we live for is legacy, right? And I hope like that my legacy is that I would have helped a lot of people along their journey, mm -hmm. their Everest. Like whether it's, you know, no matter what it's doing, whether it's personal development, whether it's in business, whether it's in climbing. I also want to be part of them. I'm part of a tribe, like which is an adventure tribe. And I take great satisfaction of being part of that. Like, for instance, I'll, I always have plans ahead, like, and I know what I want. I have put down in my plans that I want to travel the world for four months still every year. I used to do seven. So I'm going to cut it to four. And I'm going to be with people like, like I, I'm after cutting back like from extreme stuff, which you have to eat 9,600 calories, you know, like do equivalent to two marathons a day for 60 days, you know, on the ice. You know, it's I'm settling back. I'm maturing. I'm actually um, not being of my age because I think it's your mindset. Like I, I've, I've, I've a mindset of a 35 year old. It just happens that my face and my body is getting older. But I do have to take into consideration if I want to be around that I have to ease it back a small bit. I'm not the 35-year-old donkey that I used to be, but I have the 35-year-old mindset. So it's just like to start taking it easy like and start getting into the genre like where, you, where your body can cope with it. Um, 
And I think my, my big thing is, and what most people don't know is what they want, right? And I was always taught to know what I want. And I will give you a secret because I've had some of the best teams in the world that I've trained. I've been mentored by some of the best people in the world. And mentoring is very important. Like, and I'm, like I've, I've gone from the stage in about six different careers, like where I was the apprentice, the master, and now I'm a mentor of most of them. And it's, it's all about want, knowing what you want. And that could be as simple as to become the best mother, the best father. You might want the car, you might want a home, you might want your business back. But there is a way of getting that. And it's all to do with mindset. And I, I'll explain this one to you. My mother one time gave me a, a verse and it was like about want. And it goes like this. And if you think about what you want now, anybody, uh, these attributes will give it to you no matter what it is that you want. If you want something bad enough, you must go out and fight for it. You must give up your peace and your time and your sleep for it. If your life seems so lonely and useless without it, but all that you do is you dream and you plan is about it. If gladly you fret for it, then you sweat for it, but then you go for it. You go for it with all of your capacity, your strength and tenacity. If you simply go after the things in life that you want, they're tired, gaunt and lonely. And if day after day you besiege it, I'll assure you, you will get it just like that with the teams that I work with you know, with, you know, my own dreams and aspirations uh, and that type of attributes. If you have the attributes, you can achieve anything that you want. If you want to write a book, if you have the attributes, if you do what I said there, you will be able to do it. If you want to do a film, my last film, I think 72 million people have seen it. Um, and then, you know, like say, and I love the fact of like, my dream is to have 2 million people in our Forever Young Club. You know, uh, and I think I'll achieve that if I ever live till I 80. But I realize, carrying a couple of issues, uh, that I could be dead next week or two years' time. I hope not to be. But, you know, I just accept the fact that that's always around the corner. And the big question all the time is, how do I want to be seen if I do pass away? Yeah, that's a great philosophy to live by. And I base a lot of my decisions on that as well. When I get to the age where maybe I am close to, you know, you know, going to the other side, but that I never, I never want to look back and go, do you know what? Why didn't I at least attempt that or try that? Um, and actually, I think your verse there um, answered my next question. I was gonna, I, I, I was gonna bring up the issue of, of finances for a lot of people. And I know a lot of people will look and talk and say, okay, well, you know, that sounds really, that sounds excellent and, you know, going for it and things like that. But when finances are an issue, you know, how do you overcome that? But it's just like your verse there. If you go at everything with the tenacity and if you, you are 100% sure of what you want, you'll find a way. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing is, look, my business is stopped. There is no income coming in, nothing. I don't see, you know, for the future, there is very much going to come in. I don't have a pension, right? But at the same time, I'm gonna live every day, you know, for the day that's in it. You know, I have spent all my money on expeditions around the world. Like I don't have like a, a pension, like as if I was in the civil service or anything like that. When I get to the stage in three or four years time, all I have is the old age pension. But I try to live within my means. Like I spend my money when I have it on expeditions. And I'm very lucky by the way, because people keep on getting onto me. If I was to say I was going to look for the Wamba Wamba board down in Wamba Wamba land, I'll have 20 people I could pick up the phone from at this stage that would actually finance because they'll want to go. And because I'm a logistical operator, they will go with me. I also am very lucky that I'm a mentor and coach, which I never actually uh, taught about the initial stages, but now I mentor and coach a lot of people throughout the world. Um, no, that's not something I thought I'd do, right? I was writing a, um, a thing on happiness, and next all of a sudden, like in the last two weeks, like I had no income, and next all of a sudden, I've had four gigs around the world and two more lined up. So it's like, it's like, it, provided that you don't go down, that you let your anxiety get you down, and once you keep thinking, and like to me, I was happy enough to live, you know, on the income that I was have coming in at the moment, but I've cut my, my clothes to, to the measure of the income. Yeah, you know? yeah. And by the way, if, if you can't do that, hit the pause button. Don't let it drive you crazy. If you owe money, 
So hit the pause button if you owe the bank, right? If your mental health goes down, right, you won't be able to do anything. And then contact people like you or me, you know, uh, that are positive or get that endorphin going, get the serotonin, you know, get, get all of those things that you need going because uh, that will definitely help you. Yeah, if you don't look after your mental health, you definitely can't look after everything else and all these that come with, with this reality that we're living in at the minute. The old airplane thing about putting on your own mask, I'll often use that as an example because you can't help the rest of the people or your child or their partner or anything like that if you don't help yourself at first. And so the mental health, I think, has to be the number one, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think we learned that in rescue as well. Like, we never go into a dangerous situation. I've been a member of Mountain Rescue for about 12 years in my early career. And that was one of the things we always learned, right? You have to look after yourself to look after those that need looking after, you know? And if you can't look after yourself and you leave yourself go that low, well, then it's time to look for the rescuers. It's time to look for help and just look for help. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it should be there. Like, and if it's not, you know, like it's a very sad state of affairs, but like for, I, I find Ireland very sympathetic towards, um, you know, having people's backs. Mm. Yeah, definitely, especially at the minute. Um, I've spoken about that with quite a few people. As it, it, is, it is great to see how the community has come together to help each other. Um, mm -hmm. And long may it last. Um, people are leaning on each other now and, and trying to help, and it's all about community. And it's, a, it, it's definitely one of the huge positives that's come out of all this. Yeah, and, and like, I, I even feel it myself. And you know what I love as well, like, you know, I, outside in my back garden, uh, I love going out and actually listening to the birds. They're, they seem to be a lot more vivid, but they're not. It's just what happened is I have time to listen. Yeah, you know, yeah. I have time to, you know, look at the flowers and say, isn't that amazing? That wasn't blooming yesterday. And look at it now. You know, just take the time. Just enjoy, enjoy what we're going through. Uh, it's not very nice, but if it's a case that you do that, you know, we, we have, um, I remember going to the Himalayas one time and um, after, like, when I was 30 after I was, I wanted to become a dropped out hippie in Dubar Square, Dubar Square, smoking yeah. pot. Was, like, you know, I hope there's no one out there take offense to that. But anyway, I headed off out to the Himalayas, out to Nepal, because it was where, like, the hippies used to hang out at the time. And by the way, I had hair, if you ever see uh, my back pictures. But um I remember actually taking, like being mentored by these Buddhist monks and they said, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm not a capitalist anymore. And lots of people like may think that, you know, trying to make money is a bad thing or try to have the dreams, goals and aspirations that you want is bad. And they said to me, they said, like, you know, we all have talents. They said, use your talent to the best way that you can possibly do. Like you are at the moment, like, you know, you're, you're trying to be the best you can and you have dreams, goals and aspirations. So they said to me, go back. And if you make money, that's okay. But it's the way that we deal with money is the, like, is the most important thing. So if you're making money and like what we do, what I do is I give 20% of all my income uh, to education in third world countries. So, you know, go out, follow those dreams. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. Don't be afraid of um, everything being gone. And it's going to happen to a lot of people. You will get back up and you will fight. And a way that I always reassure myself of this is sometimes like when I say I get depressed, I have anxiety questions, right? And I start thinking and I say to myself, I'll be able to deal with that. But what I do is I, I imagine what I want. And if you look like you, you probably see some of the shots there behind me and things like that. This is yeah. an and things like that. I use my pictures as a vision board. Like they're all around my house, like from Antarctica to the top of Everest to the um, to about you know thirty-two tribes I've I've lived with, the polar bears, things like that in the house. But I I I try to visualize you know all of those things, and what I do when I'm down, I have to really shake myself, and I say shake myself. I say come on, Falvey, like you know believe in yourself, and I get a mirror and I look in the mirror, and every morning I get up. With any negativity I have before I start, I look in the mirror and I know that I have it here. I have a book there called You Have the Power. It's, it was written for my grandson um, who nearly died three times before he was even born, right? And I look in the mirror and I look at myself straight, myself to myself, and I say, I have the power.
I have the fucking power. And it's amazing how that affirmation in the morning gets stacked off my day. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because even when we were down visiting, when we were down in your in your house and we were looking around, seeing all the different photos and, and the different memorabilia and that from your clients and from Everest attempts and things like that, like they're a great reminder when you're walking through about what you are capable of doing. And and I would definitely encourage people like that, like when they wake up in the morning to 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 try and I, I, I'll often quote to make your bed and starting off the day positively from William H. McRaven, starting off the day positively by making the bed and like then, you know, positive aspirations to help you just get the right mindset, get yourself on track to what you need to do. And one thing leads to another. And as I said, that positivity is infectious and that's what we re really need right now. Um, so, yeah. And can I say another thing? I, like, I have, I have a little trick here. Like, I, I just got to go behind me there and uh, get this. When I'm stressed, right, I have this spell, like, as you can see, it's in my office. Hmm. All I do is when I, when I decide I need to breathe, I just go. Now, what did you say, Stephen? <laughs> I'm just saying is, just take those couple of seconds to breathe when, when all else is, like, is failing. And, you know, I suppose I have a couple of tricks that I have used for years because, like, I spend a lot of time, uh, 60 times in the Himalaya. And it's like, um, you know, I don't know whether you can see them there, but slow yeah. down, you know, uh, keep calm, be positive, right? Take it easy, unplug, you know, enjoy life, smile. What's the other ones? Go outside and relax, right? Because, you know, life doesn't seem half as bad when you do that. And when it does really get me down, right, okay, I just take the spell. Excellent. Yeah. And I breathe. Mm. And that's all it takes. If I'm mad with someone, like, you know, I have a bell in my mind like that. And like, and I do a lot of um, uh, mantra. Um, I use the one like Om Mani Padme Hum, right? If anyone is out there into uh, like into the Buddhist uh, philosophy, right? Okay, is Om Mani Padme Hum, Om Mani Padme Hum, Om Mani Padme Hum, Om Mani Padme Hum. You see them going around, and what it does, it calms and it gets the beta, um, you know, firing in your neurons down into the alpha states. Which I've said 180 times, but what's amazing about that? It says we are like you know, Omani Padme Hum is hail he who lives in the murky waters. It's like the lotus flower, and the lotus flower grows in the muck and the dirt and the shittiest water you could find, right? Okay, and it goes to the top and then it opens in a blossom of a beautiful flower, and that's us. So we are that flower that's living in the murky waters of planet Earth, and just by taking that time to breathe, like just take, will give you the space to actually distress your anxiety. Because what's happening is there's so much stuff firing in our brain, like our torbita and bata, you know, um, stuff all the time. We need to get into the alpha state. Is a great way to do it. Breathing and in actual fact, having a positive mindset. Excellent stuff, Pat. Like some, as I said, some great advice there. And the simple approach, just breathe, just breathe. Like it does so much for you just to step back and it gives you time to assess and, you know, yeah, brilliant. Um, I'm just looking at the time here. We are about to get kicked off Instagram. We're just under an hour on here. We've 30 seconds. So I'm just going to take the time to, to say thanks so much for coming on, Pat. Um, I'm going to link your books, as I said, in the notes when we get them up to to Spotify, so if anyone is interested in, in, in having a look at those, they'll be up there. But Pat, thank you so much. Thanks for the advice. Uh, great chatting to you, as always. And remember, just come down to Kerry, like, get onto oh. the website at We're traveling all around the world. We want people like that wants to be out. All right, guys, that is a wrap on another episode. 
Thank you for joining me this week on the Gym and Tonic Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.thegymballina.ie for more great content. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify or Stitcher and you'll never miss another episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would really appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. If you liked this podcast, you might want to check out our social media platforms on Instagram at the underscore gym underscore Balana or on Facebook at the gym Balana. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. That's it from me, Stephen, at the Gym and Tonic Podcast. And remember, this is what we do.